Well, I appreciate you guys putting up with me. I'm when it's my kids and whatever. I I don't know why I get so nervous, but I just I love them and I, I'm like I don't want to mess this up. And I ended up you know doing what I do. But you know they love me anyway. Thank the Lord. Let's say hi to our online crowd. Well, here's you guys. Hi. We welcome you to TLC if you're watching online, and those that are here as a guest, like I said, we can get you a, a Live Life on Purpose t-shirt. Those online, we need you to actually kind of come in person, but we'd be happy to, to give you one. You can fill out a connection card online and then uh, come and give us a visit. We'd love to uh, be able to bless you with one of those. I wanted to talk to you this morning, and I know what time it is. It's only 11.08. I'll have you out of here before 3. Really, it's going be, to be fine. I'm serious. It's not going to take that long. But uh, the Lord gave me several weeks ago, he, he works with me in, in ways I don't know how he does with you, but for me, he gives me stories and things. He puts little uh, pictures in my mind and then, then whispers you know, in my spirit, tells me something about whatever. And I know like, okay, he wants to talk to me about this. But I've read this passage a lot as growing up. And so have you. When we get to it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, it really... He brought out stuff that I never thought I would be really talking about this with these two together. But this, this is about Jericho and the fear of the Lord. And, and so, you know, I told Kim a few weeks ago, I'm going to do a message on Jericho and the, in the fear of the Lord. And, and so I've, I've jotted down a few things. And so I just wanted to, to share them with you that I think the Lord wants us to look at today. And, you know, have you ever looked at something? And I've, again, I've read this a lot growing up and you've heard the story. And, and then you, God shows you something new you didn't see. And what I want to do is hopefully, you know, I know there's people in the building besides me. Sometimes you're like, I'm believing God for this, or I want to see this happen. And, and it just isn't either happening, or it just seems like I just can't see it anymore. You know, something I feel like I'm, I'm distanced, or I'm, I'm, I'm shut off. And the Bible says, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. How many knows that we've had issues. Everybody has issues. If you're sitting here and saying, I never have an issue, I never quarrel, I never have any problems, I never feel bad, the first thing we're going to do is cast out a spirit of lying. <laughs> because you're, everybody has stuff that we deal with, and I get it. But I want you to get to a spot where you can say, all right, God is greater than whatever I'm dealing with. And this whole COVID-19 thing, God is bigger than that. But it's kind of interesting some of the similarities that we're going to kind of pull out of this Jericho thing and so I wanted to look at it you know and here's the thing about being a believer faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and so this is what we're saying in other words seeing isn't believing believing is seeing as a believer we don't have to see it in the natural to know that it's coming or true we see it in the spirit and believe it to happen and believe we have it when we pray that's according to the word Mark eleven twenty two through 24. We, we understand that. And when we know that principle and we can walk in that, it kind of changes sometimes. Sometimes just because we're human, we have a tendency to act human. And so it's okay. I mean, everybody, and so when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you because I, I, I have dealt with all of this stuff myself or still, you know, we have to work through some things. Let's look at Joshua 6, 1 through 20. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. I put that in bold in my notes right here because I never saw that that way before. The people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. 
On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, uh, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, march around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns, and some behind the ark, with the priests continually blowing the horns. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded, not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and everyone returned to spend the night in camp. Joshua got up early the next morning. The priests again carried the ark of the Lord. Seven priests with the ram's horn marched in front of the ark, blowing their horns. Again, the armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn, marched around the town as they had done before, but this time they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. Do not take any of the things apart for destruction. For, or yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you'll bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, and iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Now I've read that. I, I saw things I hadn't seen before. I, in my mind, when I read that all this time, I really didn't really realize that they were blowing the horns six days. On the seventh day, they did it, but then they blew that one loud blast. But in my mind, all I pictured growing up, and I guess kind of assumed, you ever do that? That they just, everybody walked around the city. Nobody said anything. There was not a sound except them walking around the city, which is kind of intimidating enough if you think about it. But it's things that pulled out of the story. This made me think. So I started asking myself, why were the people afraid of the Israelites? I really didn't look at it that way before. The Bible says, and we just read it, they were afraid, so they were shut up inside the city. Kind of interesting how COVID has us all locked down, shut up in our houses, and people are struggling because they needed others just to talk to or whatever and so now you know media church has been very popular and facetiming and all of those kind of things are just people talking counselors are, are busy because people are struggling but why were they afraid i'm telling you right now they were afraid because they had seen that God was with these people and they had seen what God was doing and what God had done and they knew that God was going to continue to do things and it scared them because they weren't following God. Why don't we see that stuff today like we need to? Because we need to be the people of God. We need to be the ones that the people that are out there are saying, oh my word. 
Our first thought is develop a healthy fear of the Lord. Now see, people struggle with just that part. Well, why should I be afraid of God? I'm not talking about being afraid of God. Uh, let's talk about the difference between a spirit of fear and a fear of the Lord. Isaiah 33, 5 and 6. So the Lord is very great and lives in heaven. He'll make Jerusalem his home of justice and righteousness. And that day he will be your sure foundation providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, knowledge, the fear of the Lord will be your treasure. You see, it's just holy fear. Now, this isn't afraid of God. This is just out of reverence of who God is. Let me break it down even more. At 4.30, my father came home Monday through Friday from work. Because that's when about the time he got off, I don't know, I suppose he got off at 4-ish. Or something, but around 4:30, he got home. He worked for Columbia Gas. If I say it too many times, he'll put his hand over his heart. Columbia Gas. <laughs> He's back in the back. Thank you, God, Columbia Gas. But now this is what I said. Now my dad was not afraid to spank me if I was if I did anything wrong because my mom her line would be, "You just wait till your father gets home." My father always came home. And I knew when he came home, I not only got it once from Mama, I was going to get a double dipper because Daddy was coming home. So when Dad came home, he'd hit the door and I would hear, David, your son. And then, because I was always sent to my room, we had 15 steps and I heard them. And I was going, four, five, and just like, oh. and when he came around the corner, what did you do? Now, I said all that just to say this. I was never afraid of my dad. Not afraid, because my dad would never hurt me. The fear that I had was because, out of respect, it's my father. Are you with me? We need to have a reverence for God that's just God is holy and God is God and God is reverent. We need to understand that he's God and just have a healthy fear of the Lord. And we can't actually grab all that in our mind. It is actually something that is a heart issue. It should be etched in our hearts. Remember the commandments. I won't put them on tablets of stone. I will put this in their hearts. It needs to be something because our heart says, I don't want to do this because it would, it would grieve my father. And that Holy Spirit, when we're a believer, it is the God inside us that helps us with that. Because you know when you do something wrong, it's called conviction. And we don't even hear that anymore. Because we don't understand, or we don't want to understand. If we're convicted, that might lead to repentance, which might lead to forgiveness, could lead to peace. But we don't want that in, our, in the society that we are around so much. It's because anything you do is okay. Our, our what is right, what was right is now wrong, and what is wrong is right. What's happening? 
Let me ask you, do you think the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is going to come to a place where he's not given due honor and reverence? If we just put on God like we put on this coat. Some of you are like, oh, pastor sent a coat because I don't normally wear one. But if we just put him on just with, oh, it's just, oh, whatever, it's just God. No, it's God. Let me just explain. And again, as I'm telling you this, I'm not telling you because I'm not guilty of it. I'm telling you, I think we've all done it. I am telling you, though, I've repented of it. During service, not our service. I mean, services across America, okay? So I'm not pinpointing just TLC. I'm just saying, in, in church today, there are people that will just talk and murmur the whole time because they have no reverence for God. They're, you know, if, if the word is being read, they do not care. There's no reverence. There's no honor. They don't pay attention. They get up six times to go to the bathroom. Come on, your bladder that small? You're like, Brad, ouch. Okay, hold it. I'm just saying, we need to, if we're in service, let's, let's come and let's, why did we come? Did we come to worship and honor him? Or did we come just to say, hey, listen, I get my, I'll get my points in. I made church. I want everybody to see me in church. No, see, that's, it's, this is a hard issue. Well, I need more coffee. I've had three cups, but I'm going to wait till he starts preaching so I can get out, and especially towards the end when the altar call is given. Come on. We have lost a fear of the Lord. Let me ask you this. Have you ever talked to somebody and they just ignored you or you knew they didn't really want to talk to you? Or if you did talk to them, they just, "Mm." how many times would you go talk to them again? Probably not too many. How about if you went to somebody's house and they answered the door and said, oh, it's just you. Come on in if you want. How many times would you go there if you didn't feel welcome? Here's the simple truth. The Lord doesn't show up where he's not reverenced. Have you ever been outside, I mean, this is amazing, and seen it rain, like it's raining over here and it's not raining over there, or the rain is coming? It's pretty cool. Why is that? Why wouldn't it just be like, how can it rain here and not rain here? But the atmosphere where it's at is correct, and so it rains. And maybe the atmosphere is changing where it's going. If I had a famous sports star here, We'd pack the place out. I mean, we're just now getting numbers back from COVID. And I get it. I understand, you know, because they can watch online. I get it, and we're glad you're here. But if I had a, a sports figure here, the people were just like, oh, my gosh. What if I said, hey, you know what? President Trump is coming. There'd be people that wouldn't like that. There'd be a lot of people that would. There'd be people that wouldn't. And they'd come anyway just to hear, see if he'd mess up. Everybody lean in on just whatever he was saying. Let me just tell you something. God puts people in office. You better be praying for your president. Because I, I don't think we can handle the responsibility that he's got on his shoulders. And I'm not casting any judgment. I'm not saying he's perfect. Obviously not. But neither am I. But he is the president. So we need to honor and respect the position. Here's what God requires for those who come near him. Leviticus 10.3, Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all people. And Aaron was silent. 
You see, folks, we need to just repent. We have a society that's almost, they choose church or come to church like they do a buffet or a, a restaurant. Well, I'll see what he's serving on the menu today. You might not like what I serve today. But I don't want to serve anything unless God's told me to put it out. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, hopefully I get it all right, but I am human. But we need to, there's, and we don't hear repentance taught anymore. But if we are treating what God calls holy as common, if we are just like, ah, it doesn't matter. If everything to us that is black and, you know, hey, everybody lives by black and white, the word black and white. But in us, it's gray. It's gray. I don't have to do that. That doesn't apply to me. God and I have a special thing. God's not rewriting the book for you. In our world today, if we begin to declare God's greatness and you start putting things like that on Facebook, you might get tightly shut up. They are afraid, so they cut that off. They delete your post. Or because of, you know, they'll either delete you or I know my brother-in-law say one time he was in Facebook jail for whatever, whatever that would be. You're in jail. Okay. But we need to fix that. It almost seems that everybody has rights but the believer. You can't, you can't acknowledge your rights because you'll infringe on somebody else's. Because they'll either remove that or they'll remove you. Back to our story, our second thought. We have to obey and do what God is telling us to do. God has a plan. Isn't it cool that he told Joshua, here's what you're going to do. And I said this last week. Why do we go to everybody else but the source? Why don't we go to God and say, God, what's the plan? Now, when God gives me a plan, he doesn't always give me one detailed. Sometimes it's more detailed. But sometimes it's just, here's what I want you to do. Here's step one. But so many times we will not go to God, we'll go to everybody else, and we kind of get a hint of maybe something, but we never fully see everything come to fruition because we didn't really go to the source. Now, the Bible does say there's wisdom in the counsel of many, so it is good to get counsel. But what I'm telling you, when it comes to your destiny or to specific things you're asking God, you need to get from God what he has for you. And you can get counsel. People can confirm what God has already told you. If you get a word from the Lord, which is good. I had people that we've pastored before, and one lady left the church because they didn't give her a new word every day, every week. I need a word. You need to give me a word. I need. Here's a word. Get a life. I mean, you know, I'm like, lady, you have a Bible. He, we had somebody that... that talk to pk all the time god never talks to me i never god never speaks to me never and so finally she said do you read your bible because he speaks to you in that that is his word have have you ever looked at your bible and all of a sudden it just jumped out of the page on you and you're like oh my or he showed you something and in some cases you might hear that biblical phrase or something where he'll tell you two or three times in the same day well he's trying to tell you something we're led by the spirit and so god He's never going to force himself. You see, this is about, now listen to me, this is an act of your will. This is an act of your heart to listen. If you don't want to listen, he's not going to say something if you're not even going to pay attention. 
Sometimes, you know, people are like, I need a word, I need a word, I need a word. What'd you do with the last one he gave you? I've had people say, I want you to prove this. And so I would, I'd go home and I'd be like, Lord, give me a word. He'd give me a word and I'd go back. Now, these are people that were secular people. I worked in a secular job. And they said, well, what do you think about that preacher man? I wasn't even a preacher man then. Sometimes. I guess, you know, you're always preaching whether you're whatever. You're, whether you use words or not, you're, you're a witness. So I said, okay, here. And so I said, in the Bible, it says this. And he said, do you believe that? I said, I do. He said, well, I don't believe that. I said, well, that's not what you, it's not my concern. You asked me for a word. Here's the word. He said, give me another one. I said, why don't you just do something with this one? And then when you do something with this and come back and tell me again. You see, people don't like that, but we need to get honest with ourselves and say, you know what, God, you're bigger than that. You, when you tell us something, it's always true. It's always right. And so for us to admonish and to honor and to reverence you it just brings glory his presence you want his presence you want his healing you want all of those manifestations then it's time we quit playing church so when we come to church i mean even when you're getting ready i cannot wait to get to church first sound of that keyboard first sound of miss mallory or whoever's leading that day whoever's preaching that day god i just can't wait to get in your presence because in, in literally, his presence is already in you. In him, we live, we move, we have our being. Come on. But if we come in and we get all together, then all of that's in us, it just is one of those things that it's beginning to rain. And we start seeing the manifestation and the glory of God because he's welcomed here. Our third thought is follow the plan to the letter. And your obedience is required. If God's telling you to do something, that's what you have to do. First Samuel 15, 22, Samuel replied, What's more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Deuteronomy 33, 11, Bless the ministry of the Levites, O Lord, accept all the work of their hands. Hit their enemies where it hurts the most. Strike down their foes so they never rise again. I particularly like that scripture. I like it when God said, I'm going to hit your enemies where it hurts the most. I'll let you be your own judge on that one. <laughs> but if you do nothing when he instructs you to do, then don't whine. Because if you're not going to do anything he tells you, We must do what he's already declared. His word is very clear in so many areas. We have to do what the Bible's already stated. The Bible says he doesn't change. That's in Hebrew. He doesn't change. So if it's black and white, it means it's black and white for all of us. So if we're wrong, then we have to repent. Thank God for grace and mercy. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for restoration. Come on, somebody. Because he's a big God. That is the part. Who can take away your sins? The blood of Jesus. That is part of the reverence. Everybody can talk big unless they said, okay, you jump on the cross. I don't think so. Number one, he was perfect. We are not. So the sacrifice for us is not like that. But because of Christ. Many times in, the, in today... This is what is almost preached. So forgive me if this comes out a little wrong. 
well, it's not wrong, but just a little, just listen. <laughs> it's almost talk like God is the sugar daddy in the sky. I mean, you know, hey, you just pray. God will give you anything you want, whenever you want. And how many knows that I do believe God answers our prayers and gives us the desires of our heart. But how many times I can tell you I didn't always get it when I wanted it. And it didn't always happen the way I wanted it. Sometimes I preconceived an idea. I thought I was going to, this is how it's going to be. And then God's just, I think I'm entertainment for heaven. I think he's up there, angels, come and look at this guy. I don't know. And it doesn't happen that way. It happens something completely different. But still it happened. There have been times that we have just like, Lord, I don't even know what I'm going to do. We don't, I don't know what. And he'd say, all the money in your wallet, I want you to give it. Have you looked at my wallet? God, there's only $10 in there. Or there's only this amount in there. He said, give it. But God, we don't have groceries. Quiet. God, I, maybe you didn't hear me. We don't have groceries. Oh, God. I say, we don't have groceries. Now, listen to me. He's not asking me for that. He's asking me to give what I have. So we would do that. And all the way home, all the way home, I went, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm entertainment for heaven because all the way home, I am doing the little piggy thing. <laughs> because I got kids in the back of the car and I got a wife and I'm like, I got no money to feed these guys. Have you ever been like that? I get home. True story. True story. I get home, I sound like uh, Toby Mac. True dat. Get home, we pull in the drive, and there are five bags of groceries stacked on my front step. I don't know, to this day, I do not know who did it. I don't know, it wasn't there when we left. We didn't tell anybody what we gave, and yet my argument with God is, we have no food. All the way home. Not... My kids didn't hear me say it, but boy, I was whining outside. I'm sure God was up there. Brett, you want any cheese with that? <laughs> so we got home, and there were five bags of groceries. And good stuff, too. It wasn't like great value or Instamac. But it was like, you know, not poop tarts, but pop tarts. The good stuff. He's, he's more than enough, guys. I got a lot more where that came from. We just don't have time. But what I'm telling you is, is telling God, God, we have to get back. My whole point is this. As much fun as it is, we have to honor God. You have to show your children. We dedicated Eowyn today because her, her family is determined to honor God in what they do and how they live and who they are. And it develops who she is, who she's going to be, and how things are going to be in her life. Because when she gets old enough, she's going to look for a man like her daddy. When I handed Mallory over to Justin, I knew exactly, I had no fear, none. I knew that man right there would take care of her with his life. And, I mean, I, he's like my son. I love that guy. Congrats, by the way. On the back corner, they just, he proposed and she said yes. Yay. But this just goes when we are... 
When we are walking with God, like God told Pastor Kim, told PK not long ago, don't look to the left or to the right. Don't look, but eyes on me, eyes on me. You see, in the world today, you don't have time to, oh, I'm going to look over here, I'm going to look over here. Remember last week, we spent our time comparing, doing this and this. (laughs) Quit it. Eyes on him. Just get your eyes on him. Let him tell you. But listen, you got to reverence him. you got to know that if he says, hey, you need to stand, you need to sit, take off your shoes, this is holy, you need to give, you need to stop, you need to do this, do it by all means, do it. People over all these years have said, how did, how did you get this? How do you do this? And, how? and I can honestly say, it's not me, it's God. I mean, it is just me saying, and I don't even understand it all the time. He'll say, do this, give that, or do it. I'm like, okay. You know, and, and, and not in an irreverent way, but just like, okay. Why? Because it's not mine, it's God's. Why? Because I reverence him. There's got to be a healthy fear of the Lord in today. We have to believe that God is holy. That's what his word says. And if we want him to show up in TLC, if we want this to be a spot where blind eyes see, the lame walk, deaf ears open, people get restored, demons flee, things happen, then we better get ourselves right. Eyes on God. I thought of this. It's interesting that Joshua instructs the people because he got instructions from God. Have you ever played the game where somebody runs up to you and you tell them something, you write it down and say, you know, say, let's just say Sally sells seashells down, I can't even hardly say that, seashells down by the seashore, that's the kind of shells Sally sold. And you give it to somebody and they run back and they got to tell four other people what you just said. And then the last person gets to tell you what you told. And it comes back, you know, Sally, you know, broke her left arm when she was air jumping, you know, I mean, it just comes back totally because the translation happens because people are just we're nonchalant about what we hear and we kind of put our own spin on it or we try to change it it's interesting as the people are marching around jericho that he said don't say a word don't talk or say a word to anyone and i started thinking to myself i wonder why that is and here's what i think the answer is because we'll talk ourselves out of it we will, we will rationalize something. You know there's going to be people in that group, even though they're Israelites. Well, this is stupid. I didn't even wear my walking shoes, and they're making me do it again. I'll be doggone if I'm going to do it six or seven times on that last day. You wait and see. I'll tell Joshua a thing or two. You know, or not only will we talk ourselves out of it, we'll talk somebody else out of it. We'll get them to believe our point of view. Shame on us if it's different from God's. And we will, and that's why we have to be careful about what's right and what's wrong. My friends, we live in a society today, if you can abort a baby when they're full term, no matter when you abort a baby, that's wrong. That's murder. I don't care how you say it. You can say whatever you, well, I had somebody just tell me the other day, well, what if somebody was, you know, and they give you a whole situation. I'm not talking about situation. I'm talking about the act. I'm not saying situation is right. But murder's murder. And so we have to stand for what's right. We live in a society now, what would happen if we would stand up and be who God wanted us to be? Where you live, do your neighbors know you're a believer? Where you work? 
I wasn't always popular where I worked because of my stance. But when things went to pot, when things went nuts on, and life happens, not just to, you know, it happens to everybody. It's funny how they would come back to me and say, hey, I, I need you to pray for so-and-so. And I'd say, okay. And, and they would say, because I know when you pray, the big guy listens. Can I say the big guy is no respecter of persons? Here's the difference between that. There's people that reverence him for who he is. Some of you in here have, have children. No matter what, you would say, you better watch, that's my child. You will not talk about my child. You understand what I'm saying? Not because, even if they did something wrong, but because of whose they are. Come on. What if we knew we were God's and we reverenced him? There's, there's scripture that God would just, the, as we walk with him, the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. And so then God will do our fighting. God will do everything that we need. We just have to do what he says. Here's our last thought. Make sure that when we talk, we have life in our mouth because life and death is in our mouth. That's why we, I think Joshua said, eh, don't say anything. Number four, remain pure, walk in integrity. And I'm going to finish with this one. I might have one more. No, that's it. Just checking. We have to be people of integrity in the small things, in the details. How many knows this the details that matter? I mean, it's really great, but you know, if I'm buying a car and somebody has detailed it out and it is really good, I, am, I know that that person probably took care of the car in the upkeep of it because it is so clean. So I'm a little more at ease going, okay, they kept the oil changed, they did these kind of things, details. Now, I, again, I'm guilty of a lot of these things that I've, I've told you and I've repented of them and all that. But I'm using my life as an example, so please understand the reason you hear me say me because I don't know about you. But in details, I love this woman. You know, I just told Scott, I was just being ornery when I was in there because, you know, she came running out and had to get up here on the platform. And she walked by and she goes out and I turned to Scott and I said, well, if she wasn't so pretty, she'd be in trouble. You know, or something like that. And he just started laughing because this is just me being ordinary. Because she's, she's my wife. She's, but I, I, I love her. But I, uh, she went the other day to watch Arian A1. And I knew that she was going to be running a little behind. So I packed her lunch. And in the, in the lunch, I put a note that just said, you know, you're, you're so beautiful and I love you. And that's all I put in the note. And then so when she got back, she told me, she goes, honey. I said, what? And she said, I loved my note. Now, I'm, I'm telling you a little glimpse of our life only because not to say, you know, we should be on the, no, no. <laughs> Lord knows I need notes like that because, <laughs> you know, she has to put up with me. But I'm telling you that um, because those details matter. I didn't have anybody call and tell me to do that. I just felt prompted to do that. And it's much like God. God will tell you to do something, and it may be something just like that. You have to act on that. Those little details develop your character, develop who you are. 
developed whose you are. I'm hers and she is mine. You have to have integrity. Integrity, charisma will only last as far as charisma will take you. You can be happy and be a good speaker. You can be good looking and all that. But if you have nothing behind, let me just say, it's not the whistle that pulls the train. Okay? So we have to have integrity. Let me ask you a couple things. As a believer, do you do what's integral? If you get overcharged or you get more money back than you're supposed to, do you get out and go, Woohoo! They gave me 20 extra bucks! Bada bing, bada boom! Dinner's on me, baby! Or do you go, Oh man, they overcharged me. Do you go back and say, Hey, listen, you overcharged me. And we've taken penny, two pennies, one penny, back. Walmart, they're almost like, what? But they're not mine. You can do whatever you want with them, but they're not mine. They, well, the other day, we went to that thing where you can go to Walmart, and you don't have to get out of your car, and they, they shop for you and bring it out, and they put it in your car. You just put the tailgate up, they put it in your car. We got home, they gave us two peaches in a box. And Kim said, we didn't, we didn't pay for these. I said, did you order them? I didn't order peaches. So I called back. Well, they said, yes. They sent me to two or three people because they didn't know what to do with me. I said, we got peaches. <laughs> we didn't pay for them. Do you want me to bring them back to you? I don't know if I'm allowed to do that, but we didn't pay for them. Or do you want me to come and pay for them? Or what do you want me to do? I didn't order them. And they were just like, I, can, I, can you hang on, please? They did that twice. The first person hung up. So I called back, and they sent me to someone, and the lady goes, Sir, I'm really glad you got peaches, and you keep them. Our blessing to you. <laughs> and I said, Well, ma'am, I'll be more than happy to pay for them, although I don't need them. We do like peaches. We didn't order them. I just wanted you to know if you're keeping. She said, No, it's unusual that we don't have anybody hardly ever calls back for anything like that. She said, The peaches are yours. Enjoy them. I said, Okay, thanks. No, so integrity. Do you put your cart back when you take it to the car? Do you put it in the cart corral or do you just leave it for somebody else to bump into? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I even take mine back if it's raining because I don't like it when I'm pulling into a spot. You ever pull into a spot and the cart's right there and you couldn't see it and you want to go, Newman? <laughs> so I take it back. How you handle yourself. What do you do in the little things? Returning things that we didn't pay for. Being honest about all our dealings. Remain pure in our thoughts and in our life in general. Don't assume. Remain pure and stay repentant. Have the Holy Spirit show you when you cross the line. Be quick to repent. At our house, and I, you know, I'll say something or whatever. I, I, you know, I need to be quick to repent. And, and Kim as well. Honor our, your parents with your life and with your mouth, and your life will go long, the Bible says. Don't talk about others. Don't gossip. Don't have the pastor for lunch. I, I'm not that good, okay? <laughs> don't, don't have me for lunch. I mean, you can have me for lunch, but just don't, you know. And don't talk about people or church or whatever in a bad, negative way. I have one more thing, and, and I'm done, 
Okay, service is just a few minutes over, only because of, you know, we, we had a little more on the agenda today. But I want to I show you what I mean, and, and I want to finish this. Pastor Gary and Drenda and Kim and I, we and our, you know, went to Cedar Point. And we went to eat, and at Cedar Point there was a buffet. And um, it was like, at the time it was like $13 or $15. It might be $20 now. I don't know what the price is now. But we went in to eat, and it was air-conditioned, so that's always a plus when it's like August or something. And so we were just kind of hanging out together that day. And, and you know, uh, if you're a dude, buffet always sounds great. You know, uh, so anyway. Uh, so we're, we're in there, and Maddie, this is when she was littler. She uh, like, I don't, I don't want to eat here. I'm like, well, this is where we're eating. Because, you know, Pastor Gary and Pastor Renner are like, let's go in here. It's air-conditioned, and there's a variety. You can get pretty much whatever you want here. That's, I'm like, that's awesome. So Maddie, she is a connoisseur of mac and cheese. She loves mac and cheese. And she is, we go anywhere, she, that's what she'll look at. If there's something that's like mac and cheese, almost guarantee you that's what she's going to get. Well, she didn't want anything else. She just wanted mac and cheese. And so when they're, t you know, where they're taking our order, you know, for buffet, and I said, well, to the waiter, she, she just wants mac and cheese. Can I get it a la carte? They said, no. You have to buy the whole buffet, which is, I don't know if they've changed that, but that's obviously a way for them to make more money. Um, and I was like, oh, and he said, listen, she, she can just, now listen to what I'm saying, because we've all probably been here. She can just eat off your plate. Now, I'm sitting here, Kim's sitting here, I'm not realizing, I don't know what she's feeling, but honestly, I'm thinking, heck yes, she can eat off my plate. I don't know if that's going through your mind, but that's what's going through mine. I'm like, I'm not paying $15 for a bowl of mac and cheese. Yeah, that's a great idea. And since this waiter's asking and saying I can do that, it must be right. Pastor Gary is sitting either, I don't know if he's across from me or beside me, he's just watching. You ever feel like when somebody's watching and he said, you need to buy her the buffet. And I wanted to say, you need to shut up. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. So, Pastor, if you're watching this, you can laugh and you can rep my mammy later. Okay. <laughs> I'll be repentant. I'm sorry. And I knew when he said that, I felt inside. He's right. Now, you might be saying... No, that's ridiculous. Can I ask you, is God worried about $15? No, but my wallet seemed to be. But I thought, I just, to me, it was a principle in my own mind. Now think, because this is where I made a black and white, a gray area for me. Because in my mind, I'm like, well, that's not being, because we rationalize, that's not being a good steward. So... I said, you know, I, I thought, I was like, I'm going to think what he's saying. And he talked about it for a minute, and I really didn't want him to talk anymore. I'm just being honest. And so Maddie went and got mac and cheese. Now, she got a nice amount of mac and cheese. My thinking is, you better, you better take a bath in that mac and cheese for $15. But she didn't. She ate like two bites, and she's like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, oh, baby, you're going to eat all that mac and cheese. But I got to shove it down your face. But I didn't, you know, my pastor's there, so I had to be good. <laughs> so I, I just, I didn't say anything, and it was time for us to, to go and leave, and we had to pay. 
And the guy kept saying, it's all right, just don't say anything, it's okay. And pastor said to me, he said, can I tell you, the waiter's not the one paying for all this. And he's not the one in charge of everything. You've got to ask yourself, what's the right thing to do? And so they all walked outside, and I'm last to pay. And I'm telling you, the whole time I'm wanting to pay, I'm wanting to go, oh, no. I'm not, I'm not saying Maddie. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But then Pastor Gary is, I, you know, he's already outside. I didn't know exactly where he was, but he moved around, and he's watching me through the window. Pastor? But he's doing, you know why? He's pulling something out of me that needed to be pulled out and something that needed to be removed that didn't need to be there. And he's trying to do it in a way because he loves me. And I appreciate that. And I got up there and inside, I, my heart was just like, oh. and I knew and I said, you know, look, I, and the waiter again, he tried, he said, you don't have to pay for the full buffet. Just don't say anything. You're fine. Just go, go. And I said, no, I got to pay for my daughter too. And the, the person that took the money, they're like, oh, okay, she got the buffet. And I said, I just need to pay for it. She did get the buffet. She only ate one thing off the buffet and two bites at that. <laughs> and I paid for it and walked out. He came up from behind me, put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, you did good. And I, I remember thinking being $15 poor, but I was a lot happier. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Inside, there's got to be something that says, that drives my heart, that wants to, to know that God is still on the throne. And it has to be a healthy fear of the Lord. And for those walls to come down, for Jericho to go in and get the spoil, I can't take anything that's God's. I can only do what God tells me to do. And I can only have what he tells me to have. But can I tell you what he tells you to have is far more than you could ever get on your own. I love you. And I hope I didn't hurt your feelings too bad that you don't still love me, but you'll get over it. Today, I want you to thank God for the people that are around you. But I want you to give reverence to the one that's shining down on you a little bit today. The food that you're going to eat, thank God for the food. You know, the Bible says there's one scripture that says, take sickness from our midst when you pray over food. So we pray that every prayer where we prayed. And the other day, I'm thank, thankful because Maddie was, man, she found some chip dip and was dipping chips. And, and it just, I love cheese. I think Jesus would eat a lot of cheese. And so I thought, I'm going to just taste. So I got a little bit and I, I put on the, there was some cheese on the, the lid. And I, I thought, I'll just taste that. And I was like, man, something tastes bad. That's not right. Then I noticed the green stuff on the lid. I was like, Maddie, <laughs> Maddie, don't eat that. <laughs> but neither me nor Maddie got sick because we prayed that he'd take sickness from our midst. I had a student ask me one time, do you, if you already prayed for food, do you have to pray for leftovers? That's between you and God. If you grew up with my mother, you'd pray for every bite that you... <laughs> now, she's a wonderful cook. But I want you just to grab a hold of God today. And I want you to reverence him in a way that maybe you haven't been able to in the past or you thought. So if you did some things wrong or, or you've not put him where he needs to be, repent from that. 
He is so ready to forgive you. Matter of fact, all you have to do is, is believe it and say it from your heart. It's already done. He already took all your sins away. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, in the name of Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's